Welcome to the Pacers Pod. Happy New Year, friends. 2021 is upon us. Uh, we made it. And cheers to many good days of 2021 that, that lie before us. Um, the days are, are good. First two days have been pretty good, although, you know, the Pacers lost last night, but it's been a, been a pretty good New Year so far. The work week starts tomorrow. I got, uh, I'm recording this uh, Sunday afternoon, January 3rd. Uh, just uh, kind of a beautiful, beautiful Indiana day today. Woke up to like three or four inches of snow. Um, fortunate enough to get out and go for a little jog this morning. Take it all in. Uh, it was nice and the temperature wasn't too cold or wasn't too windy. Just a, just a nice time. Um, thankful to, thankful that uh, thankful that we got what we got. You know what I mean. So you now we got Pacer basketball. It is back. the The last time I was last time I did a podcast, it was the the day that the Pacers had their first preseason game against uh, I think the Cavaliers, and uh, so the Pacers ended up going. 0-3 in the preseason, um, but then we're into the regular season now. We've got six games under our belt. Pacers are 4-2. and two. Um, they've, looked, they've looked pretty good, and I want to spend uh, some time this afternoon just kind of th- going, over, going over a few things that, I, that I've been thinking about uh, so far. First, like, you know, kind of early season uh, thoughts. Um, so to, to kind of start with, so like the first thing that jumps out to me is, is Nate Bjorker and the new coach has completely, uh, revitalized this team. I feel like this team now has belief in the coach and they have trust in the coach and, and they all, I mean, if anytime you're listening to the players, talk about the coach it's always very positive and and they seem to really think that he is like smart enough and wise enough and good enough coach to like to to put them in the best situation that they can be in to win and I think a lot of that has to do with just you know Bjorkren's positivity and the energy that he's always bringing he's he's always he's always like he just he never has. I haven't heard him have like a bad answer yet, or like something where you're like, "Huh." Seems like he's. He seems like he just has a lot of thought behind everything that he's doing. Um, he just seems like he comes to, comes comes prepared, and um, so he Bjorkren is off to a great start. I think that just the fact alone that he's got this team bought in, um, because we that's that was one of my biggest concerns about this season was how how the chemistry was going to be with this team because it didn't feel very good in the bubble. Um, but first six games of the season, and it's been going relatively well for the Pacers. They jumped out to a 3-0 and start beating the Knicks, the Bulls, and then they had a really good win against the Celtics. Um, and then they lost to the Celtics. They had a win against the Cavs. And then just last night, they lost to the Knicks, unfortunately. I had um I was riding super high before this Knicks loss. I was um I had to kind of I'm in one way I'm kind of glad that that Knicks game happened before I recorded because I was 
probably going to say some pretty dumb stuff. Um, and, and so just coming off of a loss, I think it cooler heads um, will probably prevail now, knowing like, oh, okay, this team's four and two, not five and one. And uh, but but then again, you can't put too much too much into just one game. Um, but we're going to see, like, so the first thing that jumps out to me, like, when you think about the Pacers schedule so far, is, like, I don't really, I, I know that the, the Knicks have, they, they, the Knicks look pretty good, but they're not a good team. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think that they're going to end up being, like, a playoff team. And the same thing with the Cavs, that, you know, they're not a great team by any, any means, and, and, uh, the Bulls as well. So these are kind of the bottom feeder, bottom feeders in the Eastern Conference. Even though their records are a little better than than that right now, and then uh, then they had the two games against the Celtics, which they split. And the Pacers were definitely, I would say, the Pacers were in control, probably like sixty to seventy percent of that those two games against Boston. Uh, but Boston just got the win in that second game. So when you look at the Pacers' record, it's like, well, they really haven't played too tough of a competition. It's, they had the two games against Boston, and then you should have they should have won those other games. Like they kind of should be five and one. So, but anyways, so the thing that jumps out to me there is like we haven't seen them pl- go up against super stiff competition yet, and um, or even just like better competition like teams of Boston's caliber. But but this next week now, so like tomorrow Monday, the Pacers have the Pelicans. Uh, that'll be a good that'll be a good test. Pelicans are pretty solid, and they're gonna go, have to go up against some superstar talent in you know Ingram and and Zion. And then Wednesday they've got the Rockets, who have some superstar talent. And then Saturday they have the Phoenix Suns, who are off to uh, a very good start. I think they are five and one. They've got Chris Paul now with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So uh, the Pacers got their work cut out for them these next. This next week, uh, I think these next three games are going to be pretty telling. Honestly, we're going to learn know a lot more after these three games than we do we do now. And I think it'll be because how do they stack up against, you know, better talented teams? Um, but so far, at six games in, being four and two, you know, the winning has been very fun. Um, the Pacers have been up pretty big, and and almost all these. Well, not this last game against the Knicks, but before that, they had. You know, they've gone on these crazy, like, 17-0, 18-0 runs. Um, they were just playing a different type of basketball than what we're used to seeing the past couple of years under McMillan. And uh, the team's just playing super free. Um, and I, I just think that, that Nate Bjorkren, you know, is potentially an A-plus hire. Like, he's been checking all the boxes this whole way through. And so and just to see you know, the team get off to a decent start like they have and then having the, the buy-in of the players. Um, he's setting himself up. You know, this team is setting themselves up to, to that they could be special. And um, so if they hit, you know, he's, he's going to be looked at very favorably. And, and I, could see, I could see a world, you know, if the Pacers... If the Pacers are end up being like a top three seed or something in the East, like if we were just like crushing it in the regular season here, um, you know, Bjorkman could be like a coach of the year type candidate, new guy. Um, but that's way down the line. But I just I think he's off to a great start. I'm super pumped about Bjorkman. Um Just the brand of basketball is it's 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 very 
it's more enjoyable to watch. Like the offense is more fluid. Uh, they get up in the def like on defense, they're up on the ball handlers a lot, um, causing pressure. You got Miles Turner doing his thing on the defensive end. Um, offensively, now this ended up backfiring because the Pacers lost this game last night against the Knicks, but they shot 53 pointers. I didn't even realize that I was watching, I was watching that game and I, they were shooting a lot of threes and that was for certain, but I didn't realize that it got up to 50, uh, which was a franchise record. Um, they just play with a lot of, a lot of good pace. Um, the spacing feels better. It's just a more enjoyable product to watch. Um, from my perspective, I, I just, I've really enjoyed watching this team so far when I've got the, I finally got it. I finally got this shit figured out um, with watching these games, which, because uh, it, you know, it, it just, it was a rough, like the first four or five games I, I was watching it, I had to, to get them like illegal, like illegally watch it. And you have to deal with all the ads and all the, this, the buffering. But finally, because I got League Pass now and figured out if I use ExpressVPN, then I can work around it and get the Pacer games with League Pass. So it's it's perfect. Um, what else? Oh, well, I guess I was just, you know, it's been a struggle watching the Pacers games, but it feels really good because last night was the first time I got to just really watch it start to finish with no interruptions, no buffering. And uh, Pacers lost, but they put up 53s, which is crazy compared to what, what we're used to seeing. I feel like this year we've seen Bjorkren and his staff, you know, be successful on like doing some coaches challenges. Um, I just, one thing I don't really remember seeing us do much last year was win those things. Um, Bjorkren showing that he's, you know, he does interesting things with the lineup. Like there was a game against, I want to say it was Cleveland where he threw Keelan Martin out there and Keelan's one of the guys that is not a regular rotation guy at this point, but he put him out there for like seven minutes straight uh, when the game was still meaningful just to kind of see what Keelan had. And unfortunately he didn't have the, a great showing, but I like the fact that Bjorken just tossed him out there and left him out there for, you know, like just give him some run and let him get some, let him break a sweat. And uh, so I like that. I, I'm interested to see how he uses that type of uh, creative thinking uh, for like other players. Like I'm, well, I'll get into this a little later, but just like our young guys, I, I it would like to see them get, get a chance quite often um, in Cassius Stanley and even Jalen LeCue a little bit. I'd like to see them get like seven minutes or run every once in a while. But uh, uh, Bjorkren, yeah, he's got this team, you know, uh, successfully, uh, like doing things statistically, um, like the offense and the defense are rating this year. Uh, we're eighth in points per game and eighth in points allowed compared to last year being 23rd in points and third in points allowed. So we're giving up some on the defense, but we're much, much more efficient or, you know, much, much more productive on the offensive end this year being eighth in the NBA in points per game. Um, and we're fifth in offensive rating and 10th in defensive rating compared to 19th and sixth the previous year. So uh, once again, just showing that like the, the way that the Pacers are playing 
And and then I go back to the competition piece. Like we haven't played really, really tough teams yet, but um, just just what they've done so far, it it's good. It looks it looks good. It, it, I think we, you know, if they sh- if they would have beat the Knicks and been five and one, you know, we would have been like a high right now. But that loss kind of brought us back down to earth, and I think we're kind of in that B plus A minus range right now as a start. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We're only six games in, but um, I know. You know, you look across the border, and actually, this team's playing down in Tampa, but Tampa at the moment, because I don't think Canada's letting uh, people play sports. Um, the Toronto Raptors are, are in Tampa Bay, and they're off to a uh, rough start this year. Uh, they're one and four to start the year with, well, they did lose, you know, they lost uh, their big guys, Abaka and, and Gasol. Um, but I'm just saying, I, I, you know, who knows? Bjorkren's not there anymore. He's he's in Indiana. So, uh, just just put that in uh, your pipe. You know what I mean? Uh, so I've I've been super super pleased with Nate as a coach and staff seems cool. So m- more of that. Um, all right, moving on. So player wise, I've been impressed with a lot of a lot of our players. Um, kind of unimpressed with kind of the other half of the players. Uh, but the one that, that that just kind of jumps off the page for me off the start is Domas Sabonis because he looks way better than last year. And he seems more assertive. There, the, there's a game against the Celtics. He took the, he had the ball down the stretch. Um, man, hard, hard drive to the paint. I think he made the, made the layup. Well, he, yeah, he made the layup and got fouled. Uh, but it was like the, it was the go-ahead basket for the Pacers. He had kind of like an iconic flex after after the and one was called. Um, he just it seems to me to be playing with like a lot more confidence. He's he's more physical down in the paint more than he already was. I mean he's he's finding contact, getting guys off of him so that he can finish in the paint. Um, his numbers are. Pretty simple, like, so he, let's see, he's up to 21 points, 11 rebounds, and his assist numbers are up. He's up to almost seven assists a game, whereas last year he was in that five assist range. Um, but he's 10th in the NBA in assists, 11th in rebounds, 22 in points. He's got a top 10 field goal percentage. He's playing at a really high level, at an all-around level, and Sabonis is straight up, he's... He's looking, he, he is definitely our uh, most important player at this point. He's been logging a ton of minutes, um, but he's been looking good, man. So bonus is 24. He's just getting into it, you know? So this is, we've got him under contract for the next three years. Uh, he, to me, he's, he had, he was an all-star last season. And, and at this pace, he's certainly going to be another all-star. And I think he's going to be flirting with one of those all NBA teams when it's all said and done, if he can keep up this this level of production. Uh, Sabonis has been a treat to watch. Um, he's been shooting the three-pointer. He's been taking it more and making it more. So last year, he shot 25% from three. Um, and his overall numbers, so he took 67 three-pointers, and he only made 17 of them. Well, so far this year, he's taken 14 threes, and he's made eight. So he's over 50% from three. And it's looking good. Um, he's still like, he just seems like a great teammate out there on the court having fun. 
you know, one thing I did notice a lot in the Knicks game was he was pretty whiny to the refs. Um, and, and sometimes it was one of those things where it's like, dude, that was definitely uh, a foul. You grabbed his arm and poked him and like pulled him down so that he couldn't get the rebound. That was a foul. Um, but he's, you know, I don't know. He just worked in the refs. I think that might be, that's probably part of the game for some players. Um, it's just not aesthetically the most pleasing thing to me, but he, Sabonis gives us so much, so much good stuff. You, you, you deal with that. Uh, you deal with that uh, because he's, He's the he he's the soul. It feels like of, of this team on on most most nights and and at most times he he's still running the second unit with like he did last year. Uh, he's got him and McDermott are having a great uh, start to the season together. Um, he's number one in the NBA in screen assists per game, which I think that would just mean like you know he's setting a solid enough screen that the action off of it results in a basket um he's averaging nine per game and then i was looking at their rankings because that seemed i mean i didn't i'm not familiar with this stat that much but nine per game and then you've got rudy gobert who's a uh you know typically an all nba defender um all nba team type candidate he is also up there with like eight or nine with domas but then it drops off to like five so it's like those two are way ahead of the the rest of the league in screen assists per game. And then, um, you know, he just had, he he started off the season on fire. I think his the first game he had 32 points, was a, which was a career high. Um, like I mentioned, he's averaging over 20. He's averaging, he's had a double-double in every single game. He's already had a triple-double. Um, he's certainly an all-star candidate. I think probably an all-NBA candidate. And he was, he earned uh, the Eastern Conference Player of the Week for the first week of the season. And um, he is looking very good to start this season. So um, super thankful for Domas. Love Domas. And uh, hopefully we just need Domas just needs to stay healthy and uh, continue to lead this team. And then, uh, all right. And then next next guy I want to hit on is uh, Domas's, uh, you know, big man counterpunch right there with Miles Turner. And because Miles Turner has been having a... Um, I, he's to me he's looked the best that he's he's ever looked in his his career so uh he's he has taken a next step up to me he looks way more um what's the best way to put it how about, he's more impactful like he's making his movements matter and so an example would be I've noticed that Turner's just been boxing guys out way better than than before. He's been boxing guys out like like Drummond, um, without even looking necessarily to try to get the rebound, just keeping a guy off the glass. Um, I that I don't remember seeing that last year from him, and it's super important because if Turner can keep the main rebounder off the off as keep him off of the glass, then the rest of our guys can clean up, especially you know Sabonis, and then our guards like like uh, Malcolm and Vic are both averaging like around five rebounds a game. So they're coming in and they're scooping it up. Um, and, and Turner, he's, he's had some, he's had some great moves with like, well, it, he's becoming kind of like a, a three-way scorer in a sense where he's had some possessions where he catches the ball on, at the three and, and he'll take two dribbles, you know, into the paint and finish with a layup or a dunk. 
Um, so he's he's getting there. He's getting there on the dribble. Uh, he's taking great looks. He's still shooting over like four threes a game, but unfortunately, he's ice cold to start this season. I think he's at twenty two percent. He was at eighteen percent before this last game against the Knicks, but he had he finally got a couple that drop. So his percentage went up a little bit. Um, but you know I, he's a good enough shooter. He's taking good looks. We need him to keep shooting those. Um, there was one time I, I noticed against the Knicks where he had missed a few and he passed up on a couple and it was like, all right, man, we need to shoot those. Um, he just, he's more decisive with the basketball. Oh, so yeah, I mentioned the drive from the three point line. Also, he's had some, he'll catch it in the post and just have like a real quick action and get right up to the hoop and, and get a shot attempt up. Um, he, he looks really good. Um, Outside of the twenty, the ice cold shooting from the three point line, he's seventy two percent from the from the field, so around the basket, and he's shooting ninety three percent from the free throw line. So Turner's bringing it, and I didn't even hit on his defensive numbers, which is this is what it's all about um, for Miles. So I think his I think he's improved offensively, um, but then so far to start this season on the defensive end, he's given it to us um, in in a big way. He's averaging uh, over three and a half blocks. Uh, over one and a half steals. Um, Bjorken was raving about his defense and saying that, you know, Miles is is uh, potentially, or he's saying Miles is someone who can guard more than one spot, meaning like he doesn't just have, he can't, he can, he can guard more than just the other team's center. And that got me thinking because, and, and you know, we haven't seen the Pacers really match up yet against like the the, the big time superstars in the East. So, I'm thinking of Giannis, uh, Kevin Durant. Um, you could even throw in like Embiid. Um, so we haven't seen the Pacers have to match up against those guys yet. But when Bjorkman says that Turner is someone who can guard more than one spot, I wonder if he's got Turner in mind to take on one of those matchups, Giannis or or Durant. I, I uh, it, it's it's certainly not real life, but on 2K, there it's a decent it's a decent matchup to have Turner guarding Giannis because of Turner's, you know, you don't have to crowd crowd Giannis um, because he's not that much of a threat to shoot three. So you can, Turner can kind of cover space. It's just, it's kind of better than anything else that the Pacers have, uh, but that's just based off of 2K. Um, but we'll see. I just found that interesting because I, I just wonder, I wonder who the Pacers will, will uh, put on those guys, Giannis and, and KD. Um, but you know, back back specifically to Miles Turner, you know, he on one of his interviews, he was talking about how he's got these lofty goals and that he's coming in with the chip on his shoulder. He would have the, the trade talks before the season. He's on he's under contract for the next, you know, two three, or three years with the with the Pacers. Um, but he's got he's got these goals. He's playing, and I, I would assume that he's talking about, you know, he wants to be a defensive player of the year or or at least a candidate. Um, and then also make an all defensive team would 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 be what I would think. And to start the season, you know, he's definitely doing that because he had a game, I think I forget which game it was, but I think he had eight blocks. Um he's just uh he's looks good. Turner looks really good and I think he's fitting in great with uh with Bjorkren and and I think we got a lot to be excited about between the combination of Turner and Sabonis. Those guys we need to see him beat teams that are that are good. So, like this next week, for example, 
I wish if we go to it to if we win two of these match two of these games uh, against Pelicans, um, Rockets, and Suns. If we get two of those, I'll feel really good about this team. Um, but it also just depends on you know the stock, like how the, how the team looks against them. But um, that because to, to me that's my concern. I know I know we can look really good against average to below average teams. Like our talent looks superior. Um, but it to, it's it's how does it look up against the very best? You know, because when you're talking about winning playoff series, that's that's what you're going to be up against. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this team um, looks against some solid competition this next week. Um, all right. I don't think there's anything else on Miles. I, I'm just excited for him and Sabonis and this and and him to anchor this defense, which is um, you know already numbers wise top 10 in the league. So um, it's, it's good. Continue it, continue the, the, the play miles and, and continue to shoot that three pointer. Uh, next guy is Victor. So um, Victor's right where he needs to be. In my opinion, he's uh, averaging 20 points, five and a half boards, four and a half assists. He's the bounce back year. I, it, it, he's looking way better than he did last season. And then, um, you know, the the big question going into this season, and and it's still kind of out there. May I, I think I don't, it, you know, what is what is the future uh, with Vic and the Pacers? And you know, last the last time I had my podcast, I had mentioned I'm just going to take Victor Victor at his at his word for this season. And and you know, he was saying some good things before the season. You know, just like he's a Pacer and and. and you know, everything's going to work itself out or whatever. And so if you moving past, if he wants to be here or not long-term this, this one year, um, what's best for Victor is to, to have a really good season and for the team to win. And what's best for the Pacers is the exact same thing. So um, he's, he's looking, he's looking really good. He still has. Um, okay. Oh yeah. So taking him at his word. So a couple of new quotes that have surfaced. Um, he said that the ceiling for this team is very scary. And that's, uh, he believes in this team. He says, coach is amazing. Coach knows exactly what he's doing. Um, that was in reference to, you know, Bjorkren and, and, and how this team is playing. Um, he had some, he said something along the lines of like, tonight I had eight assists. Uh, some nights I may need more points. Some nights I may need more rebounds, etc." So he's, 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 hinting at the fact that, you know, he doesn't necessarily just need to score, but doing other things. And then he also said something along the lines of like, hey, it feels like I'm, you know, it looks like I'm finally getting my respect back. Uh, because he definitely, uh, people were, you know, before the season, it's like, what could the Pacers get in a trade for Oladipo? And it was like nothing. It, it was nothing of, uh, I, I don't know if if anything actually was, um, but what was being reported, I don't think there was anything that actually seemed very good, but, um, at least to start the season here, Vic is, Vic has proved he's not what he was last year. Um, it's still, um, yet to be seen if he's where he was before the injury, but he's, uh, definitely off to a good start here. He's shooting the three ball, like ridiculous to start the season. Um, 
Uh, one thing to note, he is go. He's taken. He's resting on the back-to-backs, which I think is smart um, during the regular season here. Like, let's keep him, keep him fresh as best we can. I would say Vic looks moderately bouncy. Certainly bouncier than last year. Um, this 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 season, I've seen him. He had that. He had a two-hand reverse dunk against Boston that looked pretty good. Um, and he looks quick with the ball, but his elevation, I still haven't, I would say moderately bouncy. Like I don't, it's not back to where it was before. Um, he's picking his spots. You know, I feel like of, you know, he, he that that's kind of how he gets his shot. He kind of creates his own shot. So anytime that he's, you know, going to, going to take a shot, it can seem like he's maybe being, um, little like my turn now or so like like not looking like just like all right may already made up his mind that he's going to score he's going to sh- attempt to score the basketball as he's going um where you don't really feel that as much with some of the other guys but and that's only it's not all the time because Vic he's still looking for guys like he's making the right plays I'm being nitpicky with that one but like sometimes it does feel like he's being a little selfish and it can happen when his if his if he's not scoring yet, like he just wants to, I feel like he just wants to make sure that he's getting some numbers and he's getting them. He's averaging 25 and four and a half, 25 and a half, four and a half. Um, he's ninth in three pointers made this season in the NBA shooting 45%. He's making three and a third threes a game. Um, he's shooting the ball with so much confidence and He's been a pleasure to watch. He's he's back in 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 many senses of the of the, you know, in in many ways he's back to to what he was before the injury. He's drawing he's drawing charges. Um, he's leading the NBA in drawing charges charges at over or at one a game. He's number seven in the NBA in deflections. He's you know he's he's turning back into this defensive presence. Um, Steals the steals numbers aren't quite where they could be, but that that'll come with just being active the way that Vic is. Um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about Vic. Uh, I think the question you know s- still is, can he be the best player? Or um, it's it's tough. I, is he the best player on this team? It, you know, to me, it's like Domas is. The most important player on this team right now um but man Vic could be a really good number two and then i think it's like all right what about brogdon brogdon can be like 2b um this team this team has some talent but how does it stack up against the top talent that's that's what it's all about um, he's yeah. So Vic's been playing really good. He's been buying into the the defense that Dworkin wants to play, which is being very disruptive. Um, Malcolm Brogdon mentioned that too. Like they're up in the in the face of the ball handlers, and you know making it tough to 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 do anything easy. So they're forcing some more turnovers this year, which has been great um, because it gets the gets the Pacers off and running where they're they're they can sometimes seem. Uh, deadly in the in the open court in transition they, they really do have a lot of shooters we've got guys that's that just are um not hitting yet like aaron holiday and and doug mcdermott 
Um, Miles Turner, I mentioned, you know, some of our some of our really good shooters just haven't been really connecting yet, but that'll come. It's it's still early. We've got Vic shooting the lights out, Brogdon shooting the lights out. Um, so it's give or take, but yeah, so with Vic, you know, can he be the best player on a championship team? And maybe that's not going to be a relevant question any longer with the rise of Sabonis, unless Vic starts to take his game to new levels. The three-point shot could definitely do that for him offensively because he was a, he was a good three-point shooter that one season, the 2017-2018 season, but not not like it, it wasn't really him this feels like this might be new to him and um yeah so so we'll see um vix definitely you know the wild card as to what what's going to happen with this with this team long term um i i don't feel like what i'm hoping to see is like this team having a lot of fun and Vic being a, a catalyst for that fun. And it could, I don't feel like I've seen that quite yet. Like he definitely doesn't, he definitely seems like he's enjoying himself. Like Vic seems happy ish. Like I, you know, cause I could, because we're winning. Um, I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like Vic is emotionally leading this team yet. And it makes me wonder if that's because Brogdon is or or what. It still feels something still feels a little off. Um, I can't quite pinpoint it. But I, I, I haven't seen enough of like, oh, these guys obviously like Vic obviously loves this team. I haven't seen enough of those those moments yet, even though he's definitely given us some. But all, all that to be said, that, that Vic is the wild card. Um, and his trade value is definitely a lot higher now than it was to start the season. So if he doesn't want to be here, I'm certainly glad that they didn't move on from him earlier. And, and maybe if Vic is going to get traded, I'm, I'm glad to see he's, he's back. And, and I like Vic, so, um, but I, only, I don't want him to be here if he doesn't doesn't want to be here so it's good to know that we, that the asset has regained value um and uh who knows how good Vic can be you know he's just there's no reason to, to think that he's not going to continue to improve um as time goes on here he's only 28 uh if the Pacers continue to win he's potentially an all-star candidate again I mean the east is kind of stacked so it is kind of it's hard to imagine, but you know there was that year when the Atlanta Hawks had four or five guys, four guys in the All Star game. I mean, if the Pacers, you know, I'm 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 jumping ahead probably to assume that the Pacers are going to stay on top of the East. Right now we're four and two, um, and we're ahead of teams like Milwaukee and Boston and Miami and uh, Philly's up there, but uh, Toronto. So we'll see. Um, but Vic's, Vic's off to a good start, and and honestly, he's off to to a great start, I would say. Um, okay, next guy that stood out to me so far this year, Douglas Richard McDermott. Uh, he's having the best year 
that he that I've ever seen him play. And this is his third season with the Pacers. He has fine like he it's interesting because you can you could definitely see progression with McDermott, like from the first year to the second year to the third year, just off that one play where he's he's sprinting around the the three-point line coming off of a Domas screen looking for either like a dribble handoff or um or he'll or he'll take the ball all the way to the hoop. Um he just keeps getting better and better at running that. And this year he's just he's he's going for it. Um he's playing with more toughness than I've ever seen. He feel to me he seems like he's getting in there and scrapping. He's being more aggressive, not just offensively, but he's making an impact on the defensive end, which is good because he can do that, you know, like like Doug is he's a pretty big guy, like six eight. You know, probably two twenty five, if I had to guess. Um, and he played big. He played big man in college. He was, you know, like big man of the year, um, working it in the post. So he should feel comfortable down there. So it's good to see him doing that a little bit more. And and he's his rebounding numbers have gone up to start the season here. He's averaging over four rebounds a game compared to just you know two and a half last year. Um, he, his his three point shot is not is not falling yet. Uh, he's only shooting 29% from three, and unfortunately only 61% from the free throw line. Um, but his all-around game has been much improved, and, and I'm just assuming that that shot's going to start falling at a more consistent rate for Dougie. And uh, we're going to be looking at um, a hell of a role player. And it's interesting. Um, this is a contract year for McDermott. So this is the last year of his contract. So he's up for a new one this offseason. Um, he, he feels like a pacer right now. And, and, but the one thing, you know, we never did, we never saw from McDermott was any success in the playoffs. But I guess you could say that about most of our team, really, because um, we got swept the last two seasons. But uh, let's see. Anything else about McDermott? I don't think so. Uh, he's been a he's been a joy uh, to to watch though for sure, and I'd be interested to see if he starts to uh, maybe work himself into the starting lineup because he's playing so well with Domas and with T.J. Warren being out for the next probably at least three four months. Um, Got to figure out who we're going to start. So far, it's been Aaron Holiday. He's got the last two starts. And Aaron hasn't been able to really do much with with it with the opportunity. I mean, um, it doesn't help that his shot hasn't been dropping. But Aaron's bringing some good energy, but it's it just hasn't been enough. Like you, you want to see him take that take the reins there. And I don't feel like we've we've quite seen it yet from Aaron at that starting position. So, you know, I, I'd be open to to seeing a to seeing a change, especially with the with the amount of effort. And, and kind of impact that McDermott's been having on the defensive end. Now, I don't want to say that he's a good defender um, or that, you know, but this might be a breakout season for, for, for uh, McDermott in a, in a way that he gets paid a decent amount next year. But, and then the other guy would be, um, it could also, well, he's not on a hot streak because his percentages are so bad. I was thinking like, I, I really do think McDermott has, has upped his game in a big way this season. Um, but the other guy, you know, is Justin Holiday. You could maybe you could maybe put him there uh, in that small forward role. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, next guy, next guy, Malcolm Brogdon. 
Uh, he's having a great season. Malcolm is is has found the jump shot. He's off to a great start. He's finding his teammates uh, with the pass. He's super excited about the coach. Um, quoting Malcolm Brogdon, he says, brilliant coach. Excited to see what this team is going to become. Um, yeah, Malcolm's three-point shot looks great. He's he's embracing the role of uh, getting up into guys on the defensive end, and he's definitely seems more disruptive this year, and the numbers are backing it up. I mean, obviously, we're early on, but he's averaging 1.7 steals uh, in the first six games compared to 0.6 steals last year, so over a steal a game. And and just in general, I mentioned earlier that the team was forcing these turnovers. Well, like as well, this was before the Knicks game, but they were second in the NBA in steals per game, and um, at t- at almost eleven steals a game. And last year they were twentieth. So there's there's quite a few categories when I was just kind of prepping for this podcast that where you see that the Pacers, you know, were like twentieth, and now we're second or eighth, and. Um, they're just playing a different brand of basketball, and it's really it's a lot more fun to watch. Um, but yeah, so Brogdon, he's he's just been he's kind of had a flawless um, start to his season. His numbers are rock solid: twenty two points, four rebounds, six assists. He's shooting fifty three percent from the field, forty four percent from uh, the three point line, and eighty seven percent from the free throw line. So he's he's super close to being on that fifty forty ninety pace again. Um, and he just, he's just like a, he's stoic out there. He, he's just a calming presence at all times. Um, sometimes I would like to see more energy from Malcolm, uh, but that's just not really what, that's just not kind of how his demeanor is, uh, which is cool. It's fine. Um, but one thing I was, you know, really interested in to start this season was the, the dynamic, like the, the, the backcourt duo of Brogdon and Oladipo. And, I would say that they're off to a pretty good start. Um, it hasn't been overwhelmingly positive, like like I would have hoped for, where they're just like, you know, they're finding each other a lot for like like Brogdon will throw it to Oladipo for an open shot and and back and and vice versa. You know, both of them their numbers are both great. Both of them are over twenty and around five rebounds and around five assists. Uh, so statistically, they're both having good seasons. Um. But just the camaraderie, I, I feel like, isn't quite quite there uh, between those two. And they're just quite different personalities, you know, all together. So you just hope that they can kind of figure things out a little bit better um, if this team is, is truly going to be special. We definitely need that those two guys to be as, um, as entertaining and as... Uh, exciting and as um, what am I trying to say? Almost like they need to be like as strong of a weapon as the Sabonis Turner pairing seems to be to start this season. So could I mean we have four really good players now. You could and and man, it just sucks that T.J. Warren is is out. Um, T.J. Warren had surgery on his foot for um, what was that? Oh, a stress fracture. Yeah three months. So that's just a big kick in the nuts um, to this team. Not having Warren just be that guy that can get you buckets. Like against Boston, I think he, he I know he had like 23. He was only uh, averaging 15 to start the season, but it's just been a rough start for TJ. It sucks because that was one of the things um, 
you know, that we knew about TJ Warren was he was injury prone and we had a really good season last year with him not not uh, being injured. And obviously this year is going to be quite different. And um, hopefully we don't hopefully we don't have anything else, you know, um, it, hopefully TJ took up, took it all for this team, because if, if you know, Brogdon is, is has been uh, prone to injury in the past and he's he's hasn't had anything yet. Sabonis had was dealing with the injury at the in the bubble. Vic obviously uh, with his knee and and leg and um, we need those three guys to be healthy. So, but with 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 Warren out, it does open up the door for somebody to step up. And I mean that could be McDermott, it could be Justin Holiday, it could be Aaron Holiday, um, it could be Jeremy Lamb. In you know in a month and a half, two months when Jeremy's back on the court. He's expected to to start. I think when when they say return to court, I'm assuming that's practice, um, mid to late January. Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb's a nice player and someone that, you know, it's it, I, I forget. I think his injury was pretty bad though, like uh, one where it's pretty tough to come back from. Uh, but he's young enough, like 27, 28. So who knows what what we get? He might be someone who could fill this the void of T.J. Warren. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Um, what else here? TJ McConnell. You know we love the inbound steals when the other team's passing it in and not paying attention, and TJ McConnell just swoops right in there and steals that ball. Um, I could not find this stat on my own, but I heard this on another podcast, and it was just wonderful uh, because obviously we love we love that about TJ McConnell, and uh, he passed Gary Payton all time for. Um, inbound pass passes stolen. So I don't, I think I heard the number was like 62. Uh, but if you think about it, Gary Payton, one of the best, uh, arguably the, the best on ball defender uh, in the NBA, he nicknamed the glove, you know, and he played a lot of minutes and TJ McConnell has not played a lot of minutes and, and just passed that. So he's truly a savant at stealing the inbounds pass. TJ's having a great season. He's, um, he's still getting us over five assists a game on like less than 20 minutes a game, you know, so he's out there, he's making plays, he's bringing energy. Um, he's TJ McConnell's just awesome to have on this team. He's taken half the shots to start the season than he did last year. He's only averaging three a game compared to six last year, but he's just looking, he's looking solid, man. TJ, TJ is a great guy to have on this team. Um, and then another thing, there was a game where the Pacers had the game won, and I think there was like a minute and a half left, and they put in uh, the last five guys, and it's Jakar Sampson, Cassius Stanley, Jalen McHugh, Edmund Sumner, and Keelan Martin. All five of those guys were out there on the court, and I was like, man, I want to see all five of these guys, all five of these guys play way more than a minute twenty-seven. Like I feel like. Jakar, you know, you probably, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, he's probably not going to be like a starter level player, Jakar Sampson, um, even if with, with some improvement. But like with Stanley and, and Jalen LeCue, and we saw a little bit of Martin and, and he did not impress. So I'm ready to see some of these other guys. I, I'd like to see one of them get a chance next time. But yeah, I just don't ever recall being excited. Like, I never really got this excited to see TJ Leaf or 
Alizé. John, I, I like seeing Alizé play, I guess, but um, I don't know. I just like the tap. I like the the upside potential of the uh, back end of our bench, and would like to see them get incorporated into this uh, team and, and season to see what we got there as the season goes along. I also want to see Goga. I was so uh, I was I was I was wrong on the last episode. I was excited to see Goga, not realizing that he was injured and wasn't going to be playing in the preseason, and he hasn't played yet. I don't think he even has a clear timetable um, as to when he's going to be back. It's sad. It's sad not getting to see Gogo play uh, really ever. And I don't know. I mean, I'm certainly not going to sell any Gogo stock yet, but it's a bummer that he's dealing with these injuries. Uh, but that's that's part of the game. He's still a young dude. He could uh, he can get it. He can get it together um, for sure. But um, yeah, so I think that's about all I got for today. Um, it's been a great start to the season. I, there's a lot to be excited for. This next week's going to be obviously pretty important here um, to see how this Pacers team looks against some good competition. How does Sabonis handle Zion? Um, we'll see. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Thanks for checking out the pod. Uh, everybody have a great week a great 2021 and uh that shall be all peace and love friends